0: all the same? Do we look alike, sound alike, use the same language? Let's go deeper. Do we think alike? Do we have similar histories? Do we have different hurts um, and hopes? Are we pushed by the same dilemmas? Are we pulled by the same destiny, by the same desires? W. Paul Jones in 1989 published a book called Theological Worlds came out with a a follow-up book a few years later. The idea of those books was to address spiritual leaders, pastors, worship leaders, encouraging them to look at us, the rest of us out in the pews and recognize we're not all the same, that we have different hurts and different hopes and that certain scriptures speak to some of us that uh, don't speak to others and and certain motivational principles and, and Christian teachings are kind of dull to one while it's thrilling to another and we need to speak to all of them. Several years ago I turned my attention to kind of following up on those principles to ask what are these principles, this idea that there are five theological worlds as Jones called them, what does that have to do with people outside our church doors? And if we understand these worlds better how can we more effectively, more lovingly uh, reach people who are outside our church doors, who maybe have not heard the gospel in a language that is meaningful to them. And so I've developed uh, just an approach to thinking about evangelism and practicing it along these ideas of a five-world awareness, five-world witness. I call them the spiritual worlds of the fugitive, the faint, the foreigner, the fighter, and the flattened. Let me talk with you about those worlds a little bit and then also what do, I, what do I want to say as a Christian communicator to people in these various worlds? First world I mention is the world of the fugitive. We're kind of familiar with this world. We kind of orient our gospel message uh, in a traditional way toward these people. The, the fugitive is a person who feels convicted that there's something wrong within them, that their actions aren't measuring up uh, to their highest aspirations. If they're kind of on the humanistic side, they're thinking, hey, um, I, I'm not measuring up to my own standards. If they believe in God, then they're kind of worried what God is going to think of them. So what do we say to people who carry that spiritual world, that mentality? Well, first of all, we want to tell them that this sense of guilt is, is a real thing, that standards are from God, that God has kind of written into our code that we need to act a certain way, we need to act responsibly, we need to act in a way that is honoring to others and not selfish. And that, that is, there's something within that we call sin that needs to be dealt with and that Jesus Christ came to deal with that sin issue, that sin dilemma. We point them to the cross. We point them to Christ. We invite them to, to repent, to change their thinking, to stop hiding their sin, stop trying to do things to make up for their sin, and just come to God and, and open their hearts to God's grace and God's power. That reaches them. There's another world, the second world is the world of the faint. The idea of the faint is it's kind of you know, white on white or gray on gray. They feel invisible, they feel overlooked, they feel like their lives are insignificant. So there's this desire, this drive within to leave a mark on this world that, that when they leave it will have mattered that they had been here. So what, what I like to say to the people in this spiritual world is first of all that you have God's favor that God looks at you as a person of value, that God lifts you up, that God looks with favor upon you, and then that Jesus invites you into relationship with him, just as he did on the shores of Galilee, the streets of Jerusalem. He looks you in the eye, he looks you face to face and eye to eye to say, come follow me. And he gives you a new identity. Then I also wanna tell them that the, the road to fulfillment is not through accomplishments, it's not through trophies, it's not through possessions, but it's through having a relationship and serving God and serving people that that's the pathway you want to go. So they need to change their thinking along those lines and follow Christ. The third world is the world of the foreigner. Foreigners feel foreign. They feel odd. They feel like they don't fit in. They're not accepted. They're not like other people. And so they go through life really hungering to connect with people but it seems like others just don't think the way they do. They, they would like to have a connection with God, but God seems so distant as well. When I begin to speak to a person in this spiritual world, I start with Psalm 139. You know, God knit you together in your mother's womb. That, uh, that God knows you're rising and you're lying down. God knows when you go east. God knows when you go west. God knows your very thoughts. This is, this is the way that God looks at you as a perfect parent. I want them to know as well that God pursues them. We get into Christ with this whole idea of the incarnation and, and Christ walking to the cross, Christ dying on the cross, going into the grave, rising again, being exalted, that this is all God's way of pursuing you along with the rest of this, of this world, redeeming the, the entire world and he, because He wants you. The third thing is that you have a purpose. You're not just some random collection of atoms and molecules. God has a purpose in you. And then we wanna lead them into repentance and do a real change of their thinking. This is tough stuff because, they, because God has seemed so distant. They've, they've been resistant and they need to begin to lay down their harsh judgment. They've, they've judged other people for pulling away. They've judged God for not being close and then to become open to to trusting God, developing authentic relationships with people. The fifth world is the world of the fighter. Uh, Fighters are people, they're justice people, they're fixed people. You know, they they look out at the world, they see hungry people, they see poor education, they see environmental destruction, whatever it is. And they see things that aren't right, just something rises up within them and says, I need to fix that, somebody needs to do something about this. So I want to talk to them about God's intention. I, first couple chapters in the Bible, last couple chapters, it's all about what God intended for this world. God intended for it to be a fertile world, a world of plenty, a world of justice, a world of, of great diversity and yet unity. That's what, so what we see around us that frustrates us, that's not God's intention. God had something else in mind. I want to point them to the Christ who's the interventionist. The Christ of Luke chapter 4 who stands up before the people in the synagogue at his hometown and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to others who are suffering. And to be able to say to them, These things that bother you, these are the things that bother God as well. And this is what Christ came to do is to restore his creation. We want to point them to the invitation of the Holy Spirit to join God in what He's doing. So there's a radical change of thinking that has to take place that takes some time for them to get to. But it's a matter of laying down their pride that, you know, nobody, nobody cares like me. Nobody wants to fix things like me to say, God, this is your world. It's your kingdom. It's your work. They're your problems to address. How do you want me to fit in? So there's a real kind of stepping down part of conversion. The fifth world's world of the flattened. Flattened because they feel the weight of the world on their shoulders. They feel their their own problems. They feel their family's problems. They feel their neighbor's problems. If they see something on the news from the other side of the world, they, they have compassion for them. These are people of great compassion. How do we speak gospel? What is transformative gospel to them? Well, first of all, that God is involved, that God did not create this world and go away on vacation. We, we can look at a lot of places in scripture to see God is here. I like to point them to the scripture, Isaiah 53. Let's, let's look at the suffering servant, the one that points to Jesus, the, the one who bears our sins, the one who addresses our needs, the one who, who carries away our infirmities and diseases. I want to point them to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will be for them a source of wisdom. They are overwhelmed by problems and yet they can come to re- relate with the Holy Spirit in such a way that the Holy Spirit will give them the wisdom to take on those, those needs that they should address and, and the compassion that just leaves to God that, and to other people problems that really aren't in their area where God is calling them to work. So five different spiritual worlds, one gospel, one savior, but where do we begin to speak to these people? It's at their point of need, their point of hunger. Um, We're developing materials. I've got a book coming out in a few weeks, uh, Finding God in Your World, uh, a booklet that's a witnessing tool, Could God Be For Me? Other things coming out, we're recruiting pilot churches right now to kind of really fill their churches with these thoughts and begin ministering in their community. But I'm not here to sell anything. What I'm here to do is to ask you to join in a conversation. Do these ideas resonate with you? Do they raise any questions? Maybe you've got some theological issues with what I've talked about. Um, does, Does this concept of witnessing according to five different worlds maybe inspire you that maybe like me you can go from from wanting to minister to lost people but but kind of frustrated that the message isn't getting through to having joy and fruit as you witness to people according to their needs.